let you get it out because it was too funny. Wait, wait, what is the name of the town? It's Buleco, Buleco, France. No, say it like English so I can pronounce it back to you. Baloney Billancourt. <laughs> Baloney Billancourt <laughs> to the main office, Baloney Billancourt. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Baloney Billancourt. <laughs> Is she like a, a rich meat heiress? <laughs> She just like walks on stage with tubes of meat in her hands. I don't know. What's her song? What's her song? What is her song? Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's this. Get into the groove. <laughs> Get groove your meat to me. No, it doesn't really work. I can't wait to talk to you about music in this episode. <laughs> oh, Jeaner. <laughs> I forgot. Oh no, you know what I did again? I didn't reread my notes, so. <laughs> I liked when you didn't reread them last time. All right. I thought it was m- more of a fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm surprising myself. I, mean, I caught I caught my weird hair in my, the reflection again. You're like, who is that? <laughs> dyke? Oh, there's a dyke in my house. <laughs> Let this dyke in the house. Baloney, was it you? <laughs> Who let the dykes in? Oh, baloney. <laughs> He's like Urkel. <laughs> you know, you know what it is? Baloney Billancourt. <laughs> it's like pizza face on all that. No, like mm-mm, bitch. You did not bring school. a pizza face reference like to me. On all day. Like the, the food mask, like they were foods in the high school. Yeah. Baloney Billancourt is the new kid. Yeah. Oh no. I just pictured Baloney Billancourt like holding a binder. Walking into study hall like, God, I hope I make a friend. <laughs> and he farts. <laughs> You would absolutely not believe that we both got stoned on Zoom at the same time. You would have no idea. <laughs> crazy that you, you actually could not prove that. There is no proof. How have you been, Maureen? What a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the episode this week is called Mea Culpa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How have I been? I've been pretty good. Yesterday I made brownies. The fun kind or like the not fun kind? They were fun in the sense that I like put peanut butter in them. Oh, you lost me with that. I'm not a peanut butter brownie kind of gal. Come on, Gina, grow up. I want like a fudgy brownie with extra chocolate and maybe, maybe a walnut if I'm feeling, you know, cuckoo. Fucking adventurous. (laughs) There's some walnuts (laughs) in there, right? Yeah, I, um. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Again, this is a shout out to Vin, but there is. If you're, did you go to TCBY when you were a kid? Mm-mm. So it was like, you know, the country's best yogurt. And it was in a shopping center next to the windmill next to like a karate studio. And every time my mom would go in, she'd go, get me the one with the wet walnuts. <laughs> so I remember like, and then, <laughs> and then Vin was like, no, no, my mom literally did the same thing. No, we were an ice cream only household. We were, Kathy Nolan was all about the dairy growing up. I think to this day, it's the reason I have big boobs. That's, that could be true. My mom said that when I moved to college. (laughs) No, it's not true. My mom said that uh, when I moved to college, I remember I like came home for the first time after and she's like, your tits are huge. You're eating too much chicken. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's easily one of my top 10 favorite your mom stories. Yeah, I feel like you knew that. I love that one. Yeah. I love your mother too. Too much chicken. Yeah. It's the hormones in the chicken. It's the hormones. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? They've been that a job. <laughs> okay, we gotta we gotta like whoop whoop. Wait, actually, here's something I did want to tell you on pod. Okay. Last night at like 10 p.m., Mike and I are laying in bed about to go to sleep, and I say out loud to no, to like really no one. I gotta sign Gina up for six flags emails. Oh God, you are the worst at pranks, dude. But, <laughs> I'm so annoyed. It's not even funny. But I literally <laughs> couldn't figure it out. There's like no way to just like sign up to get emails about Six Flags. Welcome to the resistance, Six Flags. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Stupid. Okay. For those who want a little insight behind the curtain, this is a quote unquote prank that I have been doing to Gina for years where I just randomly will sign one of her email addresses up for like rewards emails from anything from like Red Lobster to Best Buy, Chili's. What else? (sighs) Not Six Flags. No, and you're damn right. Had their chance. The Red Lobster ones are absolutely chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) Get your father lobsters for Father's Day. I'm like, my dad is dead, man. the room red lobster god and it's all your fault and i filled that out when i signed you up for those emails i wrote in the comments like my dad is dead do not send me father's day promotion so it's rude that they didn't update their crm with that information it is insane that they didn't listen to your very normal request (laughs) so should we get into the app app should we talk about this show that we watch called alias I'm Jennifer G. <laughs> I don't know Jennifer what that G, was. Baby. <laughs> the episode is called Maya Culpa. So Sydney wakes up after having fallen from her old ass ladder at the end of the episode. And she's like definitely bruised and battered. She's still got like the vest on with the bullets in it. Um, but she climbs up slowly and she makes it safely out. And she's like very much gasping for breath when uh, she hears gunshots and walkies Dixon, but there's no answer. Eventually um, she finds this walkie and it's like, unfortunately, which I'm sure worried Maureen is leading to a trail of blood and Dixon has been shot in the chest. She composes herself enough, enough to at least call for help, but she calls on her CIA sat calm phone uh, using the codename freelancer and Dixon is barely conscious, but he at least manages to mouth the words back to her saying like, basically like that is not your SC6 code name, like freelancer, freelancer, which is huge and crazy moment for Sydney, but she's covered in blood and she's sobbing. So she kind of has no choice but to do what she's doing. And her acting again, Jennifer Garner is so good at like being in distress. She really is. She's like so talented. It's unreal. Um, so eventually we now know that she's been again, like explaining this to Vaughn. So she's in a van with Vaughn. Um, and she's basically worried that Sloan would find out that she used a CIA to save Dixon. Yeah. Did you have anything about the van? Uh, well, I will say that Vaughn is being like the perfect CIA daddy handler and make sure that Dixon is flown to safety. And he saves Dixon's life. So Vaughn, 
Juan really like he just cares like it's nothing like there's nothing slimy about him. Mm. You know. Yes, I know my cover story is my partner going to live. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um so Cindy was able to call Sloan and like give a cover story. Um so Dixon gets safely transferred back to Los Angeles. He gets transferred to the Angels of Mercy Hospital. And Vaughn's like, that's great. And Sydney's like, no, it's actually a fucking SD6 hospital. Like, this could be really bad. Um, so Sydney at the hospital then is getting briefed by Diane, who's Dixon's wife. Um, and she has to tell Dixon about, like, a lie about the situation, obviously. Um, and she says, you know, during a robbery at Credit, Credit Delphine that he was shot protecting her, I think. Yeah, um, she... It, it did remind me a little bit of Grandma Jones' voicemail because the way that she was like, they had guns. I was, it reminded me of guns, guns, big husky guys too with guns. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. She's so cute. God rest her. Um, so Sydney is still very stressed about Dixon, like knowing that she's the satcom, aka using the word freelancer. Yeah, that's and, bad. Um, what'd you say? Yeah, that's bad news. Yeah, it's bad news. And Vaughn is, of course, assuring Sydney that she's going to be okay. Like Maureen said, like, he's so good at that. Um, and that Dixon's going to be okay. And I think you actually said this before, but no, no, you didn't. But he's like boyfriend of the year in that scene. He is. Yeah, he's had. I he, No, I didn't I say that he was boyfriend of the year. I called him her perfect oh. CIA daddy handler. Crazy. <laughs> didn't remember that. That really sums up our personalities in two things. I'm like, boyfriend of me, the lesbian. Boyfriend of the year. Boyfriend of the year. They can hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next scene is Sloan and Dreyer talking in Sloan's office um, about finding the mole. And Dreyer is really convinced that Sydney is the mole, like, despite her near-perfect test results. Dreyer is Jigsaw. Oh, I thought his name was Tobin Bell. Oh, wait, is that the You're actor's like- name? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I called him Tobin Bell for all my notes. And actually, the best thing about this is that I was like, Gina's going to be so impressed with me that I put the characters' names in my notes and I didn't just call everyone by their nicknames. (laughs) That's really perfect. I love that. Oh, so funny. Thanks for our at Thermacare. <laughs> God, fingers crossed. Um, so Dreyer is like Sloan. She, like, she messes up a lot. And also these tests are way too perfect. You know, she's playing you like a fucking fiddle right now. Um, Dreyer tells him to basically like deal with it, dude, and threatens to go to the Alliance about it. And Sloan immediately like shifts his tone pretty angrily. And he's like, Dreyer, don't you do a damn thing. I'll take care of Bristow. Ooh. And then Sydney and Francie and Will are talking about the bang, sh- bang shooting. Um, and Sydney is selling it really well. But of course, Will is being fucking annoying and keeps asking her so many questions, like so much so that Francie has to like tell him off. Yeah, Francie speaks for all of us when she says, I will kick your ass, Will Tip, and I am not kidding. She literally goes, leave her alone or I will kick your ass. I'm not kidding. Um, and that basically ends the conversation. Um, but another peek into like set up for the rest of the episode. Um, so Sloan... The other agent, Rustic, and Sydney are in a briefing. Um, so there's this robbery at a bank, um, and these men who work for Nini Hassan. Now, Maureen, quiz time. Who is that? That is the arms dealer. From what episode? You don't need From, to know what happened. He is like the arms dealer dude who he got into a fight 
in that episode and he shot that guy in the head? Yeah. He's like the the Egyptian arms dealer. Nice. Good job. Um, now, Gina, let me ask you a question based on this scene. Do you think that you could rob a bank? I think I would be really good at the person that like goes in and acts unassuming. As like, as an Aquarius, <laughs> I don't laugh at me. I, I'm, I'm very observant. Like, I feel like I'm very on, I'm on high alert a lot. So I think I would be really good at like being in the moment. I have good instincts. I believe that. I think that, I mean, I know that you have good instincts yeah, and I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no. PTSD makes me a better bank robber. Yeah. My PTSD makes me at, on high alert all the time. <laughs> it's such Try a cool, PTSD. fun habit. <laughs> <laughs> Try PTSD. <laughs> anyway, so no, I, I don't, I think I, I, yeah, I would be like, you know, that uh, movie that was always on TNT, Sugar and Spice? No. So it's this like cheerleading bank robber movie with Mina Savari. Just Google it. It's fantastic. And it was one of those that movies where like, amazing. watch this like every time. And it's because I was gay, but I didn't know, of course. Mm. Um, but yeah, watch that movie and then like, then you'll get the vibe. I'll do it. We learned that Anini Hassan hacked a bank so he could steal back his frozen assets that were frozen by the United States because he's wanted. Um, and Hassan has been missing for a few weeks since. Um, so Jack is in the meeting now and we learned that a villa in Tuscany is Sydney's next like destination mission. Um, okay, and she vibes, has- first of all, but <laughs> a vibes, a villa in Tuscany. <laughs> I wish, girl, girl, also- girl, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> Post pandemic, like villa in Tuscany, like how amazing could that be? <laughs> oh, let's go for me, bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I. When we do that voice, eventually our jaw just becomes unhinged and we're both just like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> wait, okay. So you know what I want to say about this scene? The, the look that Jack and Sydney exchange across the conference room table, girl, listen, I have fucked a coworker before. This is very that vibe. Why are y'all always with this chemistry? I, <laughs> you know what it is? Because they are clearly, because they are still like best friends in real life, like you can, they must have had an immediate connection right away and just knew at the end of the day, like, we are the best actors on this set. And you know that they always hung out. So they definitely ran lines all the time. And you know that they like nailed these scenes. They, oh God, it's so good. Yeah. We welcome it. We, we do welcome we it. I, we welcome it. <laughs> And I don't want anyone to dig into what that means about our own dad relationships. Anyway, so. No, 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 no. Anyway, so she has to finagle herself into a party um, at the house belonging to Hassan's accountant, whose name I will not remember or pronounce correctly. Um, Sheila McNamara. What? Her name is Sheila McNamara. (laughs) It's some French guy or some Italian French guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and the dead drop, which becomes key, is at Donati Park, which is five miles away from the villa. So then the next scene is Will is at a pawn shop. So, of course, he has like a pawn shop guy. Yeah, like apparently Will has a bug guy, you know, like. <laughs> but it's like it, it, it's like a pawn shop, right? It's like a bug guy in the back of a pawn shop. Will is explaining 
the situation and the guy does not give a shit. But eventually the guy ends up giving a shit because then he opens it and it starts to like go off. Yeah. Well, okay. So first of all, and then it's still working. Yeah. And like everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Miss Bradley Ann Cooper and Will Tippin in general. And I hate the character Will, but here's a fucking question for you. Okay. If you think this is a bug, why wouldn't you assume that it's on? And if you believe all this shit about Eloise Kirk or whatever the fuck and Danny and all this shit, if you believe that and you believe that something is really afoot and it's a dire secret, stop telling everybody about it. It's, it's like he is I, I, anyone who will no. listen about this. It's like he there. I feel like if the show were written now, they would tone him down. Like, I think I think they're it, they're almost like trying to tell the audience. Do you guys get it? Do you get that he's bad at this? Yeah, he's horrible at it. Sometimes it feels like too, like it's laying it on too thick, especially from what I know that you don't know. But like, mm. anywho, so Francie again anywho. is like, Sydney, you have to quit your job, and Sydney's like, I can't, and they make a promise to go wedding shopping together, um, which which is interrupted by Joey's pizza calling of course so um vaughn informs her that sd6 don't want to bring hassan to justice they just want revenge so basically sydney when she stole that plutonium from a couple episodes back um she really messed up some shit so hassan thought he was betrayed and double crossed so he got one back on sd6 so they both agreed to do this swap of money and weapons um but hassan made off with the money and didn't give any weapons to SC6. So SC6 is basically like, we're hunting him down and we're using him to show that this is what happens when you mess with SC6, aka probably being brutally murdered. <laughs> aka, you're gonna die. Yeah. And I will say that Vaughn's hair flip is looking particularly cute in this scene. Almost the same thing, actually. Yeah. He does look cute. She's so, looking cute. Yes. So the CIA, however, they want SC6 to get the money um, so they can track the money. Um, they couldn't care less about, honestly, like what happens to Hassan because, you know, he's a evil person. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sydney, however, is pretty distractive. Um, and of course, Vaughn picks up on that um, because he's boyfriend of the year. <laughs> Comes out on stage. No, now it's a song. <laughs> now, not only is it a song, Gina, now it's a new segment. Okay, bitch. That... <laughs> Every time, once an app, we're going to talk about when Vaughn is the boyfriend of the year. <laughs> I like it, actually, now that you sang it back to me. I think it works. Good, yeah. <laughs> it's, both, it's, it's in our range. This is that segment, bitch. Actually, this is not even when he's boyfriend of the year. There are no. so many moments in this episode when yeah, he's boyfriend so we'll of the year. It, but now, we know. No, now we know we have a thing. <laughs> it's my friend of the year. It's a brooch of the way. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so Sydney is clearly distracted and she tells Vaughn what's going on. So she was in off tech with Marshall and Sloan asked to see her in his office. He tells her that she passed her test and then he proceeds to be really weird. And he's basically like, we don't talk like we used to, you know, before I had your fiance assassinated. Yeah. What is this scene? Like, <laughs> so basically, like he tries to convince her that he did everything to stop it. And he's like trying to apologize and make amends with her in a weird way. Without doing either of those things. And she's like, doesn't get why he's doing that. And yeah, does. Her, 
actually, Sydney, like I've known you your whole life. Like I actually worked with your dad in the CIA and I went to Jack and Laura's wedding and he basically has always thought of Sydney as his own daughter, but he wasn't around from like the back end of her life, basically just her childhood. This is the first scene I feel like that I've watched where I thought that Sloan has like a low key New York accent. Like I was like, wait, (laughs) I didn't notice that. I did a little bit. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's a a Broadway New York. Yes. Where it's like, uh, it's like a gangster New York. You know what I mean? Like when people want to sound tough. Huh? Yeah, you're a jet, you're a jet, and you've got knives in your pocket, and you're a jet. <laughs> Gina, you can't, first of all, you can't sing a perfect rendition of a Broadway musical <laughs> on our pod. We're going to get sued. <laughs> right, right, because those were definitely the accurate lyrics to the accurate <laughs> melody. Not only, it sounded like a record, it sounded like the cast recording of West Side Story. When you're a jet, you've got knives in your pocket. <laughs> Officer Pumpkin. It's all it's just like an off-brand West Side story. It's called <laughs> Officer Pumpkin. Fuck you, you stupid dumb idiot. <laughs> it's like it's not West Side story. It's like East yeah. <laughs> East Street poem. And like everything is like knock off West Side Story. <laughs> Clearly not. We have to, we must finish this episode. I cannot breathe. We have to keep going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, we, so here we go. Next scene, Sloan wants Sydney killed, bitch. What? So like, <laughs> so Sloan asked for a communique to be sent to SD4 through server five. And yeah, like Maureen said, like, so allegedly Sloan is, he, I think he says something like, um, I'm ordering with the security section the authorizing of the assassination of Sydney Bristow. Like, it's a very long sentence to get to the point that I'm going to murder her. Yeah, and it takes him nine years. I'm like, all right, hurry it up. And he's basically, first of all, the man that he's giving the order to, I've never seen before, but he looks like a member of the pit crew. <laughs> Except he was allowed to wear shoes on the set. Am I right? <laughs> oh, we got to keep going, keep going. You always have to wear shoes because you never know if you have to go to the fracking plant afterward. Oh, my God. Now, we're going to... Something huge happens in the next scene. So, Sydney... It's not It's not that Sydney is parachuting out of the sky. She's a spy. It is, it is the entire sequence built around a Smash Mouth song. The Smash Mouth song in question is called... Dig in your scene. Shrek and Fiona. Okay, wait, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. stupid it's not we're not even saying words either are they (laughs) oh my god okay so uh, but there's another thing that's happening while we're like unpacking the smash mouth of it all is that she has a black wig with turf bangs so guess what everyone it's (laughs) well Yeah, 
Yeah, the wig of the week, bitch. This scene, listen, I know people who watch the show uh, or her, mm, I know people listen to this podcast who do not watch this show. You need to do yourself a favor and watch this two minute clip with a Smash Mouth song underneath it. Mm-hmm. Introducing wig of the week, Gina, do you have a name for the wig? Because I sure I do. I do. So her, to me, her name is Christine. Okay. Uh, Christine, she comes from a very well-off Belgian family. Um, Oh. They, they did some uh, suspicious stuff during World War II, but who hasn't? Am I right? <laughs> Christine, you can't say that. No, no. My way, my way, 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 way. Christine, we made it a whole episode without talking about Nazis. I don't need you to bring them into the mix. <laughs> oh, my God. So do you have a name for the wig? Yes. Um, yours was way more creative than mine, I will say, Fine. but... I, mine was pretty on the nose and I named her Lacey and her cam show is incredibly successful. Her boyfriend is vegan and so skinny. <laughs> Where do they live? Um, I think Williamsburg. I was going to say they did live in Williamsburg pre-pandemic and now they live on like her parents' Connecticut estate. <laughs> Oh, that's actually better. Yeah. Okay. So while she's wearing Christine slash Lacey, um, song is playing in the background. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) And while I'm explaining what happens, no, it's actually perfect. I'm glad you did that. Um, so Sydney takes off her parachute and she looks unreal. She's wearing a lace dress, which is like a maxi dress or is it high boots? I don't know. Can we just say that I don't understand the, um, the physics of that dress. I don't understand how it's staying on her body. It stays correctly is what I'll say. <laughs> correctly. I, I think to even call that really a dress is sort of a stretch. It is doily. Um, it, is, it is literally a doily. It's a beach cover up at best. My mom, yeah, it's my mom would wear to the beach. But it's like yeah. pink. <laughs> and she'll be like, it's fine. It's, it's a nice pop of color. It goes nice with my tan. Mom, you can't wear that. Like your tits are hanging out. Whatever, don't look at them. Well, well, then don't look at them. I'm eating a lot of chicken lately. What? <laughs> Call back. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'm leaving that oh in. Fine. <laughs> Visual medium, sweaty. Okay, so basically, like, she needs to get a hold of something that rich bank guy has touched because Marshall gave Sydney this cell phone that can scan for the dude's prig- uh, fingerprints so it gets printed on liquid latex, which is super cool. Um, so she takes this phone in the scene and she's like getting his print off of a cell phone. And it's, it is really funny to me in the scene. Cause she's like a smoking hot woman with a bright ass light and no one like, and she really like the fact that no one saw her. No, no one didn't no know looking her. at her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and her insane, gorgeous body. No one is looking it's at her queen. Yeah. Okay. So meanwhile, it's that, what do you say? Oh no, this scene. No, and then it's revealed that Francie got stood up by Sydney for wedding dress shopping, and it was really sad. It was, it was, yeah. Smash Mouth comes to a grinding halt when Sydney runs down the steps and sees like a portrait of a woman, like on her wedding day, and realizes that she accidentally stood Francie up. She's out of the vibe, really killed her spy vibe. So while that's also happening, 
Will decides to talk to the brooch in the bathroom. I fucking cannot. He's like egging it on and then he thinks the brooch calls, but then it was Francie talking, wondering where Sydney is, but he's being such an idiot. He basically gives them his name, number, DNA, and social security number. Like, what are you doing? It's just crazy. It's very crazy. Um. Anyway, so Sydney is now hunting through the house. <laughs> Sydney is now hunting through the house. Um and finds the room uh, that she needs to finger to (laughs) 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 I I certainly do (laughs) I found the room I need to finger (laughs) (laughs) two or three (laughs) oh big okay the pod will never end we are never gonna get through this episode and so much good stuff happens still it'll be fine it'll be fine okay so um sydney is now like hunting around um and she starts working on the guy's computer and downloads a bunch of shit off of it um then at the cia offices weiss informs sydney that weiss informs vaughn actually they think she's been made because they intercepted Sloan's message over server five. So Vaughn immediately picks up the phone and is like, Hey guys, uh, my girlfriend, she might die. <laughs> Wait, what what's the song? What's the boyfriend song? <laughs> Cause this is that moment. Wait, what is it? My friend of the air. Perfect. Yeah. Because this is that moment. You're right. It is. This is that segment. This is that segment coming to life before our very fucking eyes. But he jumps right into action. So Sydney, meanwhile, while Vaughn's doing that, is like he runs into my ex boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, singles are not for guests. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So she plays drunk when she runs into Maureen's boyfriend, and she's like, "I don't speak Italian, but I love this house, except the spinning." can you do something about the spinning? And she's like doing the spinning. And I'm like, she's doing so good. She's really good at this. Um, and then he like chastises her or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. Cause she's like doing oh, the about to puke thing. And she's like, can you tell me where the bathroom is? And like, he says, eat a up a stairs. Eat a up a stairs. Oh wait, can I do a sidebar story? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so my mom and I, on Sundays, it was like anytime there was a, basically like when there was a semblance of peace, it was usually me and my mom home. Um, so we would watch an old movie and we'd make dinner. Um, and then we'd also watch PBS during the day because we really like travel stuff. So there was this woman named um, Ornella Fado. And I'm not kidding. That's exactly what she sounds like. And she would always talk about like how much she loves Rome and walking through the streets, but that she can't wear high heels. Like she said this five times one episode. So this is what she says. And she goes, In Roma, we cannot wear high heels. They get a stock in the street. And she just giggle. Oh my God. <laughs> That's exactly what her voice sounds like. My mom and I to this day will do that on the phone with each other because it cracks us up. <laughs> But I just want, I want other people to know that. So um, Jack calls Vaughn and he's telling him about the hit on Sydney. Jack, Jack tells Vaughn to wait because that this might not actually be a real thing. And he's like, do nothing till you hear from me. And then Jack rushes into Marshall's office. Marshall he, says, want some candy? <laughs> <laughs> trying to give Jack candy. Oh, he's so annoying, but I love him. Um, so he gets 
access to the server logs um, because he like gives Marshall this like BS story um, about a message to SD4 not going through. And then Jack sees the message, which is called Sloan to Spinelli. Um, that was sent out to kill Sydney. And um, this scene is another great reminder that uh, Victor Garber is doing a lot of Broadway British in his eyebrows. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. He's really good in today to do his his hair is so silver and he just looks great oh, such a hot. Um, so Vaughn and Weiss have eyes on the park with a team in LA and there's an extraction team ready if need be so out of damn nowhere Jack shows up to Vaughn's office and he immediately tells Vaughn to call off the extraction team that no execution has actually been ordered and it's a setup um and that the message was only sent out on server five to the CIA um they know someone's listening to them and that it's a test. And Vaughn is freaking out and he's arguing with Jack. But Jack is like, if she does the dead drop, this proves that she's loyal because the the CIA didn't extract her. And this, literally, Gina, the scene is so intense because even though I know that she's going to survive, there's no guarantee that the writers aren't going to shoot her. Like, they water torture her every episode. So I'm on the edge of my fucking seat as Vaughn is like getting played basically and jack is like babe i'm with the kgb okay listen i know about trickery (laughs) exactly though like jack Jack is so like jack you just know jack has the craziest stories i know Um, he's bluffing (laughs) you really really it's all in the jaw it is oh my god that was perfect actually thank you so much um, so Sydney is now walking through the park now, and she looks really cool and really hot. <laughs> We're scared and horny. <laughs> she's got this bad bitch smile on, and she's ba- it's, and so it's basically a race th- throughout the whole sequence of if or when she will die. And they're like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then she manages to pass the second, the first trash can, and then dead drop in the second one. And then Jack was right, and she's fine. And I don't think he took a breath for that entire scene. No, he looks absolutely shitting it at the end of it so then francine will are watching his girl friday with, and, and he's like this is why i wanted to be a reporter and i'm like dude shut up yeah literally Maybe shut up francine dude like, to like dragged his ass because like she's like there are so many better movies although she lists some questionable ones <laughs> but then francie gets at gets to see the brooch which is like the craziest part of the scene so um she's like oh it's so ugly <laughs> i was like girl she gets it also, here's like something. Is it weird to to you that these guys are hanging out, just the two of them? Like, I didn't well, peg them as friends like that. No, they are. Mm. It's like it's hinted at that they all hang out together, but it's like I, I, they're now peppering in that relationship for a plot, probably at this point. Um, but um, so they're like drunkenly threatening and yelling and like making fun of the brooch um, because Will stupidly tells her about it. And, and she- Brought it into Sydney's house. Absolutely <laughs> stupid ass, crazy person. He, how? How? Leave it in your own apartment. Or like put it somewhere else because you know that they're listening to you now. You you basically bugged yourself, you dumb bitch. He's so dumb. And then it's because he wants to get caught. I mean, he's he's crazy. Um, And then obviously Will's phone rings and shit gets real serious real quick. And some like robot voice is like... Like, um, how, how do you do a room? Gina, this is one line from Alias. <laughs> and now, one line from Alias. Okay, 
Because I figure JG gets all the good lines. <clears throat> so I should try to do a boy's voice. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, ready? Do you want me to do a ring sound? Sure. Yeah. I'll cue you in. Stop talking about the book. Tell the person you're with this was a wrong number. <laughs> I love that. Run that, like distill that in post. Yeah, we'll get our editors on it in post. Jason, Megan, the, the team. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, Megan, Nicole, Michelle, and Danielle. <laughs> we love our team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, here we go again. Okay, so after the spooky phone call that Maureen so brilliantly <laughs> delivered, um, Dyer, aka Jigsaw, is in Sloan's office and they're basically talking about what happened. And are both Proving to proving to Jack and proving to the audience that he was right and his hypothesis correct about the message. Um, Dreyer is still not convinced though, and is suspicious of Sloane's motives too. And Sloane is basically like, "All right, enough's enough. Go look for the actual bowl and, mole, excuse me, and get the fuck out of here. I am going to kill you." Like with his eyes, wanted to murder him. And as a newcomer to this show, I'm a little curious about Sloane's motives too. Yeah, because th- that's another thing that I figured we would eventually run into is like Sloane. I don't want to say anything because I know what happened. So I'm curious. I think it's cool that you picked up on that. Yeah, because it does feel like he is, for this whole episode, running and like jumping through hoops for Sydney specifically. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like he set up that message and with like the intention of Jack finding it. So in addition to like saving Sydney's life and whatever, it also sort of feels like he's playing his own little side game, mm. trying to figure out like how deep this really goes. Yeah, that's smart because like it, the show is basically like you can't trust anybody. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> On this show, you can't trust anybody. You can't trust anyone. Real Housewives of SD sex. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your Real Housewives of SD sex tagline? Oh my, I just said it. No, here, let me hear it again. Oh, um, it's in this office, you can trust no one. <laughs> What's yours? Um, mine is some people say I'm two-faced, but I just say I'm good at my job. <laughs> oh, we're hired. We're hired. Okay, so then the next scene is something that Maureen and I love, which is a Sydney in a bath. And this bitch, okay, we love a luxurious bath scene, but she has a fucking bathtub pillow. The luxury. Luxury. What's it like being in the 1%? Who oh, knows? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? Who even knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's my favorite dumb voice. Okay, so Francie comes in and Sydney immediately sits up at the bathtub which, and she's just like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm covered in suds, I'm so sorry. And Sydney, of course, doesn't, I mean, Francie, of course, doesn't care because she's like the greatest friend ever. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Francie for a second because she is a really good friend because her friend, though her friend has been through a lot of trauma this year, did stand her up for her, checks notes, bank job? Yeah. What bank? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like Francie is a really good and patient friend because Sydney is constantly <laughs> dropping the ball for a job that she seemingly doesn't really care about. Yeah. She's not a good friend, but like it almost doesn't matter. No. But she's that's unfair. She loves her friends, but she thinks she's do she thinks it's better. She thinks she's being a good friend by doing what she does for a living. Yeah. 
whatever. So then Will, who sucks, gets a call at work and he gets a location that he has to visit. So ST6 now has access to Hassan's bank account information, but they know the location of the bank, not the account number. So Sydney has to go to a bank in Geneva to his safety deposit box that has the information they need. And her alias is truly one of, I love my favorite thing in the whole world is just like an insanely crazy name, woman's name. And she is Christiana Stevens of Dryberg Diamonds. Come on. Bitch, I'm so glad that you picked up on this too. Come on. Christiana Stevens is her alias. That's the name of the show. Tell me that's not the name of someone who bullied you in gym class. No, because there's no one with that kind of name where we're from. <laughs> no, no, not us. Everyone Christiana bullied me in gym class's name was Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> we both went there. Her name would be Christiana Stevenucci of Dryducci Diamonds and Mozzarella. I want to kick your ass. I'm going to get on a plane to Philadelphia right now to come kick your fucking ass. That's the thing is people are like, okay, Gina, that's a little on the nose. It's not because I used to work at somewhere called Top Tomato where you could walk in and get giant hunks of imported provolone next to jewelry. Okay. I'm not kidding. Like what kind of jewelry? Like shit that they, it's it, it like like expensive stuff that they shouldn't be selling for a very cheap. Yeah. That jewelry fell off a truck for sure. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Christiana Stevens of Dryberg diamonds. Um, and she leaves tonight. Um, and then Sloan gets down to like whisper level. Ugh, I hate men and puts an arm on. So do not keep that in there. Um, and then Sloan gets down to whisper level and he puts an arm on Sydney's shoulder and he's like, great job in Tuscany. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. Obviously, like, very weirded out. You know? um, Sydney and Vaughn are back in their double agent dungeon thing. Um, and he explains to her what was going down on his end in Tuscany. Um, Sloan, and also that, like, Sloan kind of did give Sydney an out, which is very weird to her. Like, she can't really understand that. And then Vaughn was like, he considers you a daughter. And she's like, don't remind me. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I don't have a great track record with that. <laughs> Dads, am I right? Dads. <laughs> um, but she finds out Jack is who figured it out, um, which is pretty cool. And then she gets a fancy new transmitter and a fancy mic from Vaughn from here on out. That So she doesn't have to like do dead drops anymore, basically. Um, I think. I might be wrong. But basically, they, they can hear everything she says. Um, so can then still do death drops, though? <laughs> I hope so. Me too. Um, Will is at a phone booth and gets a call based on the location he was going to be on the phone before. And the voice is basically tempting Will into finding out the truth. Like it was like a two second scene. Um, something's happening. I wonder uh, who it is. I don't know. I can't say. I don't know. Okay. So in Geneva now, Sydney maneuvers her way as Miss Stevens into getting access to the safety deposit box by the touring the facility or something. Um, and the vault is like very old, very underground, very crazy. Um, and once she's in the actual room, she like lures him into conversation and then she sprays him with something that knocks him out. And um, him go nine nine. And he, what did he do, Maureen? He go nine nine. Yes. <laughs> Um, so then she connects with Russick at SC6 on comms and she breaks into the box and she gives him uh, Hassan's bank account number. And then the CIA gets all of his money, which is $340 million. <laughs> Could you imagine? I know I literally can't. I can't even imagine like 
a million dollars. You know, like my brain can't conceptualize that amount of money. Crazy. Um, and then Will is directed to a car, like a random car, I think. Um, or his, I can't tell. Yeah, um, I think he's looking into random cars and shit, yeah. so. And it's a glove box on like a dirty window, which is why I assumed it was a random car that was planted there. Um, and then he opens the glove box and it's a cassette tape that has these really, really distorted voices that you can't really make out. But then there's a pause and then there's like a couple rounds of gunshots. So we can assume that we just heard Eloise Kurtz get killed, I guess, right? He, he, that's what he thinks at least. That's what he thinks at least. <laughs> Marshall presents new info to someone anonymously. He says there was an anomaly. <laughs> that's a Hamilton rap. <laughs> oh my God. That, that is such, oh my God. It's so funny. Oh my wait, God, wait, wait, wait. Miranda, I love your work. <laughs> Marshall presents new info. He says anonymously that there was an anomaly. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza <laughs> and Sydney. <laughs> uh, please don't fucking sue us. Don't no, don't no, sue no, us. No, Nobody no, listens no, to no, this. He says there was an anomaly when Sydney was transmitting to the bank, transmitting the bank info to Russick. In that she was not the only transmission coming out of Geneva, and that it definitely didn't belong to SC Six. And then we see that he's been telling Dreyer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, this information. And Dreyer heads right in to Sloan's office. It's like weird for me because I feel like Marshall is low-key too smart to be this dumb. You feel me? Like, I know that he still feels like he's working for the CIA. So he's like, I'm just going by procedure and protocol. But too much like smelly shit has happened near him that I'm like, why are you doing this? You know? I think you can make the... I think you can make the argument that he's, they're trying to make him like the anti-social smart guy as if he has no social cues. Okay. So Sydney is asleep and she gets a call from Diane that Dixon is awake. Um, and she walks past Sloan at the hospital, which I think they have to ignore each other anyway, but it's still very spooky. Um, so Sydney asks Dixon if he remembers what happened. And he's like, the last thing I remembered was walking around and seeing Sydney's sweet smile, which was very nice. And she loved it. It made her really happy. And it made her so happy. She's on, she's just walk, she's walking in the hospital. Nice. Good. The I'm having a great night. My friend's not dead. Yeah. And then a bunch of fucking people. What do they do, Maureen? What they happens? Fuck up her vibe, man. They fuck her shit up. Like 10 cars all come from different angles to get Sydney. And she gets kidnapped by security section, we have to assume. And then that's the end of the episode. Well, we assume that because Sloan picks up a phone call that says, we got her. That's right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what am I doing with like missing the last scene every week? <laughs> but who's next? It's a fun fact. I didn't forget. Welcome to Gina's fact checking and fun facts. So for Gina's fact checking and fun fact segment this week, uh, we're going to do something just a teeny bit different, which is. I have a fun fact that Gina already knew. I found out this week, and a bunch of other people knew, but I found out this week that Jennifer Gardner and Michael Varton, who plays Vaughn on Alias, is it Varton or Vartan? Vartan. Michael Vartan, who plays Vaughn on Alias, used to date in real life. I had no idea. So I went down a little bit of a wormhole and looked at a bunch of pictures of them together. According to Wikipedia, they dated for a few years in 2003 to about 2005. 
Oh yeah, that makes sense because season, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But then Barton, Vartan, I always want to say Barton because I'm so fucking New Jersey. But then uh, Michael Barton married a woman that he met in a Whole Foods parking lot in 2009. So good for him. Eh, well, now they're divorced. So I guess not good oh, for him. No. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Hopefully he's doing good. Living off that Nurse Jackie money. Um, so I don't have a fun fact this week. What I do have is I found a review from June 17th, 2020 <laughs> of this episode, Mea Culpa of Alias, and I'd like to read it. Yes. Um, this, is, this is Hearth with two H's on IMDb. What happened to the bullets in Sydney's West? Sydney was just shot a few times into her bulletproof West and felt down some 50 meters, judging from the visuals. Now she crawls out of that cave, seemingly okay, and her vest shows no bullets. Such a blatant blunder. Of a goof, as we call it. What a pity. And they were doing quite well with the storyline so far. Two out of ten. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go. Isn't that incredible? What a pity. <laughs> What a pity. They were doing so good thus far, which first of all, they have been doing good. We love Alias. But imagine that you're watching this show for the first time and that is the first plot hole you notice. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny because you could every there are so many plot holes. There's so many. And there's so many weird things. And like, I just love this. Oh, I love nerds on the internet. I'm obsessed with that. That is so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> I said it and I was like, we got to do this. This, Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have any recommendations? Mine? Yes, I do. Okay. I have one or two and I'm, I'm I can almost assume they're going to be the same, but you go first. Really? That's crazy. Okay, cool. So my recommendation is my newest uh, favorite podcast called Scam Goddess. I found this. I found the pod, um, I think like on Twitter a few weeks ago. Uh, based on the fact that they were doing an episode on Sean King. Yes, Scam Goddess uh, on Earwolf with Lacey Mosley. It is so fucking funny. It's amazing. Oh my God, and she just posted an episode today with Joel Kim Booster. I'm such a, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed bitch. Uh, That's a good line. I should talk about what the podcast is about. I have to pee really bad and it's distracting me. Um, So Scam Goddess is a podcast dedicated to fraud and uh, scams and scammery. It is, uh, they cover so many different diverse topics and have all of your favorite comedians and drag queens on. And honestly, you should listen to it. It's fucking great. Scam Goddess on Earwolf. Oh, that's really cool. I follow it. I just haven't listened yet. But my recommendation is fucking Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. Yes, bitch. There is that show last uh, Sunday night's episode. Oh my god, bitch! That Jenny show, oh good, mother fucking Smollett. Yes, bitch. Give her all the awards and flowers, 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 flowers. Oh my fucking god, she's such a good actress. Hmm. There's this YouTube channel that I watch just that is like that does like a review because I find that sometimes I find it hard to follow because I'm so entranced with like the visuals. Um, but yeah, so every week I have to be like, okay, so what actually happened? Yeah. So like, what was the plot? Yeah. <laughs> and last night's episode, no, I keep saying last night cause I watched it yesterday, but it was, oh my God, you have to watch it. It's so good. You've watched it, right? I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Mike, I'm sure loves it. 
Mike is obsessed. Yeah, I knew. I as I was watching, I was like, "This is like me, Mike, Assad, and Maureen. We would be like losing our together every week." I'm so glad that it came out when it did too, because I may destroy you just ended, and so we picked this up and watched two episodes in one day. And I low-key was like, I wish that we waited for this entire show to come out so we could binge it. But like being able to follow along with the rest of the world is is pretty great. I don't even want to say anything about it because I don't want to take away from like the organic experience. But like what they do with like music and audio and visuals and the different like cues into like, like what they did with the third episode where it was sort of like a movie in and of itself within the overarching plot I was like yeah no show is doing what the show is doing I hope it's on forever yep absolutely and on that note I hope our podcast is on forever but Maureen has to pee FTP. um but thank you all for listening to the pod today thank you Tina thank you Maureen okay I'm gonna go pee love you see you text you soon is not endorsed by J.J. Abrams, the American Broadcasting Company, Walt Disney Company, Amazon, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. Alias and any clips, images, or names are registered trademarks and are copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Room 47 is an Alien Baby production. Crazy.